Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone on the screen porch. I cannot get over the difference in today from yesterday where it was almost 78 degrees and sunny, and now it's like 50 and chilly, although I heard some peepers a little bit ago, so maybe we'll hear them again. They were in their full, loud, peeping glory yesterday, and I just love that sound. The gardens are bursting with daffodils, which always amazes me, as they seem to know exactly when to be in their peak of glory. It's always just in time for Easter, no matter when that falls in the month of April. So beautiful to see. Thanks to those that reached back about last week's story, A Successional Forest of Hope. April Fisher, a long-ago client and a co-leader of the Sussex County Native Plant Society, wrote, I thoroughly enjoyed reading your inspirational gardening messages each week. This week in particular was especially a sweet reminder of the gifts of hope and love that this holiday season brings. As gardeners, we embody those gifts as we ready ourselves for another growing season. Thank you, as always, for your nurturing support and gardening expertise. Happy Spring! Such kind words, April, but I have to say, I hardly feel an expert. I feel like Mother Nature is really the only one that is, but we are learning from each other and growing, and I so appreciate all of you participating in our chats each week. It means so much. So this week, we're going to chat about a movement that perhaps you've heard about called No Mo May, and it starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. Have you heard of No Mo May? It's kind of like dry January when folks forego alcoholic drinks after a holiday of overindulgence. Well, maybe the only likeness is it lasts a month. The benefits of not mowing your grass lasts far longer. And it's easier than skipping wine with dinner. (laughs) No Mow May allows for the emergence of early bloomers to help pollinators in the early seasons. I first heard about it last spring when visiting a new client who has a weekend home on Lake Mohawk. Tammy adds native plants as she develops her garden, allowing some of her backyard to remain uncut or rarely cut after May, so she takes that no-mow far longer. Digging further, I learned the no-mow May movement started with Plant Life, an organization in the UK, and it's catching momentum here. There's the native common blue violet, which is also known as woolly blue violet or wood violet, that decorates lawns in early spring with heart-shaped leaves and sweet-smelling purple flowers that pollinators crave. I adore how they've made their way amongst the patio and surrounding the boulder wall, which we spoke about in episode 51, Plants for Nooks and Crannies, you may want to visit. It's a shame that some fastidious turf folks consider them a weed. It's an essential flower for our pollinators, especially in early spring. Then there's white clover, also called Dutch clover, used as a lawn alternative with many benefits. Before the 1950s, clover was considered an asset to lawns until the revolution of broadleaf weed killers that also kills clover. Then clover began to be considered a weed. Thankfully, there's a revival of using clover as a lawn alternative as folks realize chemical weed killers' negative impact on our environment and our own health. 
White clover can be mixed with grass seed in high traffic areas like sports fields, which is becoming a trend, which is so great to see. And by the way, white clover squelches weeds. But the most magnificent is clover attracts beneficial insects, like our important pollinators that have been dangerously in decline. Imagine a field of dreams rather than a yard of chemicals, which is how I concluded this segment on the field of clover in episode two. Then there are dandelions that get a bad rap, though I adore how their sunny yellow flowers polka dot the yard, and all parts of the plant are edible. Did you know that? Dandelions are full of nutrition, more so than kale and spinach, and the greens taste like arugula. Plus, they attract beneficial ladybugs who feed on pests such as aphids, mites, leafhoppers, scales, and mealybugs. They aren't bees' favorite or best food source. They prefer the before-mentioned bloomers and spring-flowering trees, but dandelions can fill in the gap. You'll see bees flitting from bloom to bloom, especially when lawns are filled with sunny dandelions such as mine. Beyond the benefit to pollinators, no may helps suppress undesirable emerging weeds and maintains moisture in the soil, as does cutting your lawn high, say three or four inches, all season long. But there are local ordinances to consider, especially in front yards, so you'll need to check with your town or homeowners association to see what's allowed. But explain your intention of helping our pollinators. Maybe they'll ease the rules for a time. It's happening more and more, I must say. Penn State Extension Office has a really helpful fact sheet titled Neighborly Natural Landscaping in Residential Areas that can help your cause, and I'll put a link in the show notes. And there are ways to keep neighbors happy by cutting an edge along sidewalks and paths during No Mow May and put up a sign about the benefits of Low Mow Spring or No Mow May. Maybe you'll start a trend in your neighborhood and more bees will be happy. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com Speaking of lawns, what always comes up in the spring is people's concern about moss in their lawns. A dear friend of mine was asking me about that today, and I I had to dig up a column from long ago, and I hope I have a little bit of time to share some of the bits, but I'll include it in the show notes. The title of it is the To Lime or Not to Lime. That was the question from Craig of Andover. His brother, Chris of Blairstown, asked if there was moss killer he could use. True, there seems to be a routine amongst perfect lawn enthusiasts to lime every spring and fall without knowing their soil's pH. And rumor has it, spreading lime kills moss, which is not the case. There's experts at the Washington State University and the University of Connecticut that confirm lime does not kill moss. And moss does not kill lawns. It's a sign of unfavorable growing conditions for grass such as shade, poor drainage, poor fertility, or compacted soil. It also has to do with soil pH, which of course lime does address. Most moss prefers acidic soil, while grass thrives in neutral soil ranging from 6.5 to 7 pH. Therefore, lime added to acidic soil can make conditions less hospitable for moss, but lime does not constitute a foolproof method of moss control. In fact, in alkaline soils, applying lime may actually increase the presence of moss. So always test your soil pH before adding anything to it. Although it is true, lime can be effective for acidic soils with a pH level of 5.5 or below. So maybe this is sounding kind of complicated. I will put a link in the show notes. 
But the bottom line is, rather than engaging in the moss versus grass competition, a merry method is to plant plants that thrive in shaded areas to prevent moss from growing there. Perennials such as astilbe, brunera, hookera, hellebore, pulmonaria, and ferns come to mind, all with terrific deer resistance. What do Craig and Chris have against moss anyway? It's green, lush, cushy on bare feet, and doesn't require cutting. Thank goodness I've won over their brother, Kurt, to leave well enough alone where a blanket of moss carpets the brook's bank as nature intended. Ah, there are the peepers I heard before. I hope you enjoy hearing them, too. Welcome, spring. So thanks so much for coming by. I always enjoy our time together, and I hope you have as well. And if so, please share the podcast with a friend or two so more can find us and learn and grow in the garden of life. And I so appreciate you visiting with me each week on the screen porch. I look forward to next time. Have a great day. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.